machine. The machine. The 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 machine. What's up, everybody? Welcome. Welcome. Hello, LinkedIn. Hello, podcast world. It's the machine podcast. I'm Kevin. And I'm Ron. And we're wearing sunglasses inside for some reason. Why are we doing this? I think it may be because we're huge dorks. But we're huge, successful dorks. Don't you think? I do. So today we wanted to make a brief and we wanted to discuss what exactly? Uh, We need to discuss, uh, you know, the state of the industry right now. I think what we're talking about actually. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, yeah. We we decided to get (laughs) This is not pre-planned at all. Uh, We are going to (laughs) talk about not putting all your eggs into one basket. Right. Yeah, you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. Back in the day with traditional media, you would have very limited choice. And those platforms were very, very well financed, though. Yeah. Wouldn't you say? ABC, NBC, CBS, advertising was flowing. There's a lot of money at stake. Big hit shows would happen. You have friends. You have Mad About You. You have all these shows that are going for multiple seasons. People are tuning in. You have advertisers, right? I wouldn't. They're still alive. Those channels and those networks, they weren't dying because people weren't watching them back then. No. They were just on. They just were. Correct. And then now you transition to today where you can get your content from Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, the TV channels, SVODs. LinkedIn. Correct. Pinterest. Twitch. Pandora. How are they going to continue to keep an audience's attention without having premium content on their channels 24-7? UGC is not going to keep people there all the time, right? I wouldn't say so. And it used to be, stuff used to be programmed, right? I mean, there's still channels. There's still executives in buildings building TV shows and movies and all that. There still is that. The traditional industry isn't dead. It's still there. But in the digital landscape, you've got user-generated content, people that are just able to upload. When we were kids and we were watching, when I'd watch Mr. Rogers and I would think that I could talk to him through talking to the speaker on the TV, which is a true story, that's like if I was a kid and I had YouTube, I could comment and people actually respond to those comments. That would be amazing, right? But back then, you couldn't just upload whatever you wanted to upload. You couldn't just put it up there. So you've got that. Anybody in the entire world with a smartphone can upload a piece of content to one of these platforms. Then you've got people that are living on it that are making content that maybe is a little bit better than what a normal person would make. There's still a gigantic white space for a lot of premium content, right? I would say so. A huge, a huge, huge space. Does it matter? Do you need to have premium content to be relevant? Uh, in some cases, yeah. I guess it's platform dependent. Okay. And even and even in that case, then uh, I, I would say that uh, it's it's open to interpretation. You know, it's like uh, the platform is a little bit like the that the platform is the medium. Really, it's like YouTube has its own voice and its own way of speaking to its users. Um, that's definitely changed and evolved over the years but there is something that still is um stayed true for a long time and it's basically like 
the friendship communication. Like, hey guys, like every video on YouTube is like, hey guys, hey guys, hey guys. That's because the whole friendship, like, hey, person talking to you on the other side of the screen still exists in some way. That hasn't gone away. And I haven't seen necessarily a huge shift or demand um, of people on YouTube to be like, oh, I want that to go away. And I wish that there was a show here instead. Mm. Because most of them, most of the people on there are like looking for that. They're looking for their internet friend. That's like, hey guys, like a Mr. Rogers. I mean, Mr. Rogers was like the first vlogger of all time. True. I mean, let's be honest. His vlog was fake. Totally fake. Not authentic. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was authentic. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> if Mr. Rogers was here in the flesh, would you look at him and say your vlog was fake? He'd probably just tell you he loved you. Yeah, one person you cannot roast in this world is Mr. Rogers. You can't. Comment and subscribe below. <laughs> hey, guys, we should open the podcast with hey, guys, right? Or is that even relevant? So what is it on Twitter then? What is it on Instagram? Mm. What is it on Facebook? Is it is there that on those other platforms? And I promise this all will come back to the main question. But I just wanted to dive um, a little deep. I can't first. actually make that promise. One hundred percent. No, but um, I forgot there's a camera. I'm like, why is Ron looking off to the side all weird? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I could promise that. Uh, it's the vlogging background. Hey guys. Um, <laughs> no, but yeah, Twitter. Twitter has its own. Twitter has its own voice. Its own its own cadence um you know it's it's uh hilarious social commentary um i would i would say that a lot of a lot of meme con commentary goes there on um on twitter and um news sports like i feel like almost everyone goes for news content when mm -hmm. something happens in the world people usually go to twitter to see what happens yeah. yeah, I'm not going to, you know, uh, I'm not turning on Fox News to see what's going on. I always go to Twitter first and foremost. And I think most people do. Do you, Kevin? Where do yeah. you go? Yeah, I still type in URLs manually. I check Mac rumors daily. Wow, boy, like a spider just crawled out of your ear. I did something this week that was incredibly embarrassing. I or realized something embarrassing. In emails, I will put colon, colon, high five emoji, colon, colon, times two. I do that all the time. <laughs> That's awesome. And my assistant said to me, oh, does a real emoji pop up when you do that? Is that what you type that? And I said, no. Back message boards back in the day, you'd put colon, colon, and then, and then like a physical action or something, like if you're narrating something. And I realized that I was just doing that thing where what I know, instead of using actual emojis, it would be like somebody, I don't know, like, a, like our grandparent doing something really funny. Totally. Like you guys probably don't even know what like... A um, message board is? No, like 8,008. You don't know what that means. 80,085. You guys don't know what that is. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. Twitter. Twitter <laughs> is about... Know what, yes, we do. Okay. Twitter. Twitter is news commentary. YouTube is about finding your friends. Is that why YouTube Red, they don't publish their numbers, but is that why we think YouTube Red might be facing a little bit of trouble getting traction right away necessarily? Yeah, I think so. And I'm guessing, I'm guessing that they're not 
gigantic, like doing huge numbers because it, it's a battle for any plat- new platform. And they're a new platform technically. YouTube Red is not YouTube. It's different. It's separate yeah. and differentiated. Vimeo is not making originals anymore. CISO stopped. A lot of the SVODs didn't succeed last year. They succeeded in making content, but they didn't succeed in, in staying the test of time like those ABCs, NBCs, and CBSs, but we're also in a different time. Those traditional platforms that still exist today have a gigantic infrastructure behind them. And a YouTube Red has a gigantic infrastructure behind it. A Vimeo has IAC, but it's not its main form of business. YouTube is built off of an advertising business, just like ABC, NBC, and CBS are. They're all network TV is based on stacking rights, uh, it's based on carriage fees, and it's based in large part on those ad buys. So you've got YouTube Red that is a subscription platform that's built on top of an advertiser finance platform. That subscription platform can not blow up and explode and be huge and still kind of survive. So I, what do you think about that? I mean, I think that's one of the big things that is an issue that they're going to have to overcome is being YouTube Red when YouTube was known for just being UGC. Yeah, well, I, I think that you're right. and But I also think that um, it's awesome that they have so much runway to be able to experiment. You know, they started off thinking, hey, well, what if we just, we kind of give, um, we give the, the audience that already exists on YouTube an extra special experience with YouTube Red. So they did a lot of, shows that were um, very YouTube specific, very influencer based. They still do those from time to time, but now as we've seen, it's mostly um, it's geared towards nostalgia content and uh, what's the buzzword uh, of this year? Um, world building world building, and co-viewing. Yes, co-viewing. A lot of stuff <laughs> around co-viewing. Um, and I think they just have an opportunity to throw a lot of stuff at the wall. But um, And that's traditional TV. I mean, traditional television is nostalgia fest right now, too. I mean, there's a Deadline article, I think, a week and a half ago or so that said that already pilot season is filled with nostalgia-based IP plays, and that's traditional media. So traditional media, digital media, they're both attacking half hour, an hour long. They're all kind of coming together in a way. Yeah. Well, and this is an interesting thing that just came to my mind as well when you said pilot season is coming out, is that um, the platform's... Now, um, it's a completely different way of operating than the television system. Um, pilot season, you're buying a whole bunch of scripts. You're getting rid of, you know, 50% of them. Then you're shooting the rest, and then you're getting rid of most of those until you have one that you actually air. Whereas platforms like YouTube Red, even Netflix, all these places... They're just buying those things and they're putting them up. There's no pilot. There's no piloting of those. It's, it's yeah, there because they don't need to do that. The exactly. pilot process was to find that diamond in the rough that an advertiser is going to want to put advertising in front of and is going to pay a premium for that ad space. Because back when, and this goes back to our question of staying on one platform is dangerous in the current marketplace as an influencer or as a brand or as anybody that's using the internet as a way to communicate your content. Because if you stay on one platform and if that platform dips or changes or you do something really misguided and not smart and you make them angry, they could 
put the off switch. And if that person who won't be named because we don't want to perpetuate making them more and more famous um, was just on YouTube, YouTube putting the no more money button would completely have killed that person's business. But luckily, and we have no affiliation with that person directly, but from what we've seen on the outside, they have completely diversified. They're on Twitter. They're on YouTube. They're on Instagram. They've got a merchandise brand. They've got a whole other brand. Like they're completely diversified. So diversifying your platform is really important. And going back to that, what you were saying, you pilot all this stuff because there's three channels or whatever at that time, right? Five channels. They have a select amount of time that they could put advertisements up. So the supply is low and the higher they could make that demand, the higher they could sell that space for with a Netflix or a YouTube red. It's not advertiser supported directly. It's subscription. So as long as that hits a certain subset of the audience and makes that subscription audience happy, that's fine, which is awesome for content. Cause there's a much more, much more focused content is going to be able to be made. Um, but I do think that the big money that's going to be moving over over this year, and that's why we continue to talk about consumer-valued content, is going to be into that. It's TV commercials are not going to be as important to advertising campaigns, I don't think. is That's my best bet for this year. It's going to be about getting through the din of UGC and making a dent on the culture. I agree with you 100%. And as people are coming in, coming online, I think um, probably the most popular place to be putting um, your brand is on Facebook yeah. or on YouTube. Um, and it's very interesting because, I mean, as more and more brands come in, there's only so much that you can put on Facebook before it starts to become completely and utterly saturated. And your dollar just doesn't mean as much as it did you can pump you can pump thousands in there to get your brand um up to the top of the list on facebook but what you know as traditional television starts to go away there's going to be there's a deluge of Mm -hmm. that brand money it can it all fit on facebook quality no there's a massive amount of supply there's not the small little you only have six minutes of advertising that you could purchase or whatever. But quality views, yeah. People only have so much time in a day. So what's going to be in low supply and high demand are quality eyes, quality clicks. And that if on average somebody's on Facebook for 30 minutes a day, if a brand can command 25 of those minutes or 20 of those minutes with their content, just by making really great content that that consumer cares to watch, you're winning. You don't need to put an ad in front of that 30-minute content. I don't want a six-second or 30-second ad in 30 minutes of Facebook time. I want my Facebook time spent the majority of that time with something that was produced by a brand that makes me happy or makes me feel cathartic, whatever it is, makes me feel something as a consumer and a viewer that's going to be that dominates my session for that day my session on facebook for 30 minutes if tide has brought me something that i really care about that i think is really really cool a i'll share it and b it's like it's my friend you know on youtube right is that brand and so i'm going to have an affinity for that brand 
And I think that's what consumer valued content is and what it's why it's going to be so important. Because I scroll past sponsored posts all the time. Do you? Kevin. You? Yeah. Of course. I mean, I don't even, I couldn't tell you, um, I, I couldn't tell you what an, any ad that I'd seen on YouTube, uh, you know, in the past three years. Today I saw a sponsored I can't post. Remember one since the um, Old Spice guy. That was the only time. That's the only one I remember. Everything else, even if I thought hard. Yeah, I saw a sponsored post today on Instagram. I don't know who, what brand it was. No. And even when it's like from Facebook listening to you. Yeah. That's the only time I notice it. You know, when I talk about a bed and then a bed shows up on the Instagram yeah. feed. You I know it was a know, bed. I just know like, oh, bed. But <laughs> I don't know what it If was. you saw a sponsored post that was pushed by a star that you cared about, one of your friends on Instagram, somebody you follow, they might not be your friend, but it was sponsored and it hit your feed, you would be more likely to, and you know, where this is a non-scientific test right now, we're just talking about our personal interests and we're a very specific demographic. Okay, I'll put away the speaker and Bunsen burner. <laughs> And that's it. No, I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, I just, I think that we're getting a teeny bit distracted on it, but the diversification of platforms in modern entertainment is important. You can't be on just one platform, but you also cannot think that a YouTube type video is going to work on Twitter and that a Twitter post is going to work on Instagram and that an Instagram post is just going to translate directly to Facebook likes and comments it's different on every platform and you have to diversify. And I think any star, any like talent, they need to find their voice on one platform and then kind of, what, what would you think? And then grow from there. Um, you don't yeah. just start doing everything immediately. Uh, yeah. I mean, you could, if you understood, if you kind of like understood. And I mean, as an individual posting content, it's like you have the same advantages as, um, a Google in that you can try and fail as much as you want because in the beginning no one cares at all. Yeah. <laughs> so you could just try and fail until it you start getting into uh getting into the pocket. Mm. But I mean, yeah, you made a very um very important point, you know, from the branding perspective, a huge mistake that people make is blanketing stuff, you know. This is it's gonna be the same on Facebook, the same on Twitter, the same on Instagram. And it's just like this blanket of stuff that no one cares about and no one sees because it's not really communicating in the correct way anywhere. So just it takes thought, a little thought, a little artistry, a little care. Focus. Focus, yeah. And knowing who you're trying to communicate to and how they want to be spoken to. 100%. You don't hey guys on Facebook. Because it doesn't matter. No, no one cares. But on YouTube, it helps. Hey guys. <laughs> I'm Kevin. And I'm Ron. And this was one of the best podcasts slash LinkedIn videos we've ever done. Top five all time. <laughs> Bam. Adios. Bye.